How can the Denver Broncos find motivation from the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory this upcoming season? We take a look at each side of the coin, plus take a look at the state of the AFC West. You get that and much more from the South Stands to the End Zone on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Just want to say thank you so much to everybody out there in Broncos country who tunes in every single day, making us your first listen of the day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast in audio format or whether you watch on YouTube. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe or that follow button so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, coverage, and more. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke. Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host and my good friend, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Unfortunately, we're sitting here on the aftermath of the Kansas City Chiefs winning Super Bowl 57, Sarah. And for us who cover the Broncos and for fans who, you know, love the Broncos, who hate the Chiefs, it's definitely a tough pill to swallow, you know, knowing, okay, hey, Kansas City, once again, they have bragging rights, and deservedly so. They're a good football team. And unfortunately, you know, it's like, okay, hey, the Broncos are in the AFC West. Now, there's one thing you can view it, right? You can view it as, all right, this is the reality. The Chiefs are in the division. We'll just accept second place, which I hope nobody actually encompasses that mindset. I hope it. some people look at it. I know Broncos players, I texted a couple during the game, like, we got we to gotta dethrone them next year. We got to find a way to take it. And I think that's the perfect mindset to have. So despite the fact that Kansas City won, Sarah, the Broncos can find motivation from this victory that Kansas City had this past Sunday. Well, they really have to, Cody, because if they don't, if they don't find motivation, if they do just take the mindset, like you said, of just accepting second place, you know, we can get into the playoffs as a wild card. If you, if you move the goalposts there, then you become the Buffalo Bills the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets from 2001 to 2019. That's kind of what it felt like as I'm watching the game on Sunday night and I'm watching the Kansas City Chiefs and I'm thinking to myself, like like you just said, they're a good team. Like we can't deny, we can't sit here and bag on the Chiefs. Like you can call them lucky all you want. The fact of the matter is sometimes, you know, that just happens to good teams, right? You get lucky in big moments and, and that doesn't mean that you're a bad team. The Chiefs did everything else to win the game besides, you know, people will blame the call late. So I, I don't think the Chiefs are just a lucky football ball team I think they're good all around and they're they're well coached they're disciplined they're fast uh, they do a, a lot of little things well throughout the game they're very well schemed the fact of the matter is those teams that I just mentioned the Jets the Bills the Dolphins they surrendered first place in the AFC East basically for 20 years or so you know however long that was in in the AFC East because the Patriots Tom Brady Bill Belichick that was the dynasty and those guys dominated those those guys believe that they could go out there every year. All right, pencil us in for the final four, you know, pencil us in for the Super Bowl. There was a stretch of time very recently where you could pretty much do that for Tom Brady. It feels like the Kansas City Chiefs have reached that kind of status where it's like, okay, pencil those guys in for the at least the final eight every year, if not the final four every year, pencil in some home games at Arrowhead or whatever they call it these days in Kansas City for the playoffs. Cody, that's what it 
feels like. And that's the mentality that the Broncos are going to have to really fight against with this new regime with Sean Payton in the fold. Well, I couldn't help but imagine what Sean Payton, right? Because he was working the game for Fox, part of his final obligations. He was sitting there as the confetti was falling, looking at the Chiefs celebrating, and he had this serious, serious look to him, which to me, I'm like, all right, this is a guy who says, all right, enjoy it now, right? And look, the Chiefs are top dog until somebody dethrones him. We've been having this conversation, what was it, how many years in a row we've been having this conversation when we do our off-season crossovers with everybody else in the AFC West? Denver, it, is not Denver has to dethrone them in order to get that recognition, in order to get that respect. Russell Wilson's going to have to play better. I do think that there are things that Denver can build off of, right? I think you look at this game and you watch how they, you know, they beat the Eagles. I mean, it was a really good game until like the final couple of minutes based on a penalty. I mean, we, we talk about that another day. But for me, it's like, okay, if you're the Broncos, you're looking back saying, you know what, we can compete with the Chiefs. We've shown it. We've done it, right? And it's all about just being able to find consistency, finding the ability to be able to finish, right? If you have a lead in the game, protect the football, run the clock out, you know, get stops on defense. As cliche as it may sound, Denver had some opportunities to do that. And, you know, we could talk about officiating. I do remember in that last Broncos game against the Chiefs at Arrowhead, specifically, Corlin Sutton got called for a very terrible offensive pass interference call that potentially would have changed the outcome of the game. Denver might win that game, you know, on that drive there. They might go down and score, and all of a sudden the Broncos are in full control of that game against the Chiefs. But you know what? You can come close. Winning is winning. Denver simply did not beat the Chiefs. They're going to have to find a way to beat the Chiefs. And I think that when we look at coaching, I think Sean Payton gives the Broncos the overall best chance. Now, this offseason in particular is going to be very interesting because the Chiefs are going to do a lot of different things to try to make some moves, try to restructure some money to free up some cap space. But for me, the Broncos can't be worried about the Chiefs. they got to worry about themselves. And I think that if they do that, Denver will have the formula next year, I think, to beat the Chiefs. But they have to do all the steps that lead up to it. They do. I mean, and that's going to involve getting faster on both sides of the ball. Once again, that's going to involve getting a solidified offensive line. I don't think that can be overstated no. enough. I know we will. We talk about in the last couple of years how cliche it's been to really bring that up, right? To just say, oh, yeah, the Broncos need offensive line. Yeah, we get it. But that's the case now, like in a desperation type of situation, especially because I think this year's offensive line group in free agency is going to be strong. So the Broncos are going to have to get their ducks in a row of saying, okay, who's our, you know, options one, two, three, four, five at all these different positions. And you got to attack it. I don't know that any spot besides Quinn Miners spot at the right guard is really safe going forward, Cody. And I don't know what that looks like. And, and there's more than one ways, uh, more than one way, excuse me, to do that, to go about it. But they have plenty uh, to look at when you look at the Kansas city chiefs and how they're built. It's not just, a, a matter of getting past them. It's a, a matter of, look, they're one of the teams in the NFL that's been doing it right for a really long time. Remember, when the Broncos had Peyton Manning, Andy Reid and the Chiefs were still a thorn in their side. So they've been good for the better part of the last 10 years. you got to look at how they've been building things, how they've been uh, operating from a team building standpoint and you've got to emulate a lot of those things a few things the Chiefs do well that I'll just quickly point out number one they always 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 are willing to take on reclamation projects and buy uh, low risk high reward 
players. Like Kadarius Tony, for example, we saw the impact he made in the Super Bowl. What did the Chiefs trade to get him, right? I mean, nothing of real consequence for them. So I just think that you you look at moves like that, that why would you not make a signing like that? Why would you not make a, a move like that? Drafting Trey Smith in the sixth round when nobody else wanted to touch him. It's like, all right, well, now he's one of the best right guards in the NFL. So take risks like that to make your roster better, even if it doesn't work out. A lot of Broncos fans very opposed to that when we bring stuff up like that on the show, on Twitter, elsewhere, and get faster. That's what the Chiefs do on both sides of the ball. They are fast at every position. Could the Broncos maybe look at trading for Brandon Cooks, right? We mentioned speed and previous connection and things like that. Brandon Cooks has posted a lot of stuff on social media about Sean Payton, some good things. So we'll we'll see how things go, my friend. But yeah, these are some things that the Broncos must do. Use this as motivation to beat the Chiefs next year. That's what the Broncos have to do. But what about the rest of the AFC West? We'll take a look at the state of the AFC West on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And when you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can get, help you get closer to the best version of yourself because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws at you. Now, for me personally, I've utilized BetterHelp in the past, connects you with a therapist after you fill out a form. And if you don't vibe well with your therapist, you can always change therapists at any time. But I like that I could do it all from the comfort of my home. I could sit in bed doing therapy with a cup of coffee, but my therapist actually works with me on problems that I can solve to make my day-to-day even better. And you can too if that's where you're at. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's flexible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. And if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. When looking at the state of the AFC West, the Broncos now fit into a picture where everybody is 0-0 and heading into the offseason with free agency, the NFL draft, OTAs, training camp, and more approaching. There's a lot of interesting things that will make up the AFC West here, Sarah, so let's go over that. I just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast and audio format or whether you watch on YouTube. Your support, you tuning in means the world to both Sarah and I. Interact with other members of Broncos country in the YouTube comments down below. Share your thoughts on this episode. Don't forget to hit that like button as well for the algorithm. Taking a look at the AFC West, right? We, we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll, we'll expand on them a little bit later on here, but there's some other interesting news going on right now inside the division, particularly with the Las Vegas Raiders. As we found out on Super Bowl Sunday, Derek Carr said, I'm not going to be traded anywhere. I'm not going to waive my right to be traded. I want to be released. And essentially, I think some people look at them like, what does this even mean? I think for the Broncos and for everybody else in AFC West, that's good news because it's not allowing the Raiders to generate draft capital for Derek Carr. I love it, man. The the more Derek Carr talks these last handful of weeks, Cody, the more I seem to like him. You know, the 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 closer we get to removing him from silver and black, the closer we get to I think all of us really being able to root for the guy. Like he's always been a good guy, a very difficult 
player to not like, you know, like we're, with Philip Rivers, you know, he was a trash talker on the field. It was easy <laughs> to kind of dislike him from a fan standpoint. Uh, but with Derek Carr, he's just he's just a stand up guy. You know, it's hard to dislike him other than the fact that the Raiders have had the Broncos number the last couple of years, thanks largely to him. So I think that definitely him going to potentially the New Orleans Saints, obviously that visit that he had there spanning multiple days. I'm sure they were trying to figure out compensation with the Raiders and like the contract that he has really complicates that. So there are reasons other than him just kind of putting down his iron fists and being like, uh, you will not trade me. You will either pay me or release me. You know, I mean, he does have that leverage, but I think also the Saints are probably like, well, like we, it would take us a lot to be able to really fit you under the salary cap, which is true. So, but I think the Raiders getting worse at QB seems like a likely option this offseason, barring an Aaron Rodgers trade, Cody, which I don't know how likely that would be. Can you really picture Josh McDaniels and Aaron Rodgers getting together and and working together? I just I, I don't know or see that working in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. What about Josh Jacobs, right? I think we could bring up what Sean. Peyton had said they they appeared, I think it was on Up and Adams. It was it was on one of the FanDuel shows in Phoenix last week. Josh Jacobs was there, and like Sean Payton wasn't talking directly to Josh Jacobs, but he said, you know, this guy's a terrific running back. There's gonna be, I think everybody should have their eyes on him. maybe we'll have our eye on him as well, which I know that there is a, a crowd here, and I certainly understand it. I'm not of the the proponent of saying, hey, you need to go out in Frenchie and spend big time money on a running back, because I also think you have to look at it. There's arguments to be had. You can see why running backs should get paid more is because they probably absorb the most contact in the NFL outside of guys that are linebackers. But for me, do you pay a running back, right? And look, I I think Josh Jacobs has been, you mentioned Derek Carr, I think he's also been a thorn in the side of the Broncos. They, I mean, Denver seemingly hasn't found an answer to stop Josh Jacobs. And does he want to stay with the Raiders, right? So that's something else that they have to look at. There could be a lot of changes in Las Vegas, and hopefully they get worse from that standpoint. But let's go to the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert just had offseason shoulder surgery. He should be fine by the start of training camp there. But the Chargers are a team that made it to the playoffs this past year. That was the one thing. They had a massive lead in the playoffs. And then they lost that lead in just dramatic fashion. That left a sour taste in their mouths. They've made changes as well. I mean, you still have Herbert on a rookie contract. You still have Mike Williams. You still have Austin Eckler. But there is a reality that Keenan Allen might be the odd man out due to his salary cap hit. And on top of that, they're going to have a new offensive play caller. That's right. Kellen Moore, the old Cowboys offensive coordinator, joining the Los Angeles Chargers. I'll, I'll be fascinated to see how things play out for them, right? It's... It's just tough because you don't know exactly, okay, was was Kellen Moore like, I, I don't know, in Dallas, did you love the offense or was it a product of, they, they just had so many talented guys there that it's like, I don't know, at certain times they blow up and you, you kind of have this ebb and flow all season of like, they execute really well certain weeks and then other weeks they're turning the ball over and one week it's it's Zeke Elliott and the next week it's Tony Pollard and I don't know exactly what to make of Kellen Moore as a QB guy as a QB developer I will say this though I thought the job that they did with Cooper Rush in the lineup really just staying together as a team being able to win those games early in the season I think that may be one of the best notches on his belt honestly as an offensive play caller and somebody that hey the system can work with anybody so I like Kellen Moore Cody I don't know the Broncos have obviously had a chance to maybe hire him as a head coach now a couple of times I don't exactly know 
the fit with Justin Herbert, how that's going to work, especially if you have to get rid of Keenan Allen for cap purposes. Do you go draft a receiver? Do you make a, a trade for a receiver on a rookie contract? There's a lot of different factors here at play for the Chargers. That's like they're kind of like teetering for me between they could skyrocket at any second, but like we expect that every year from them. And I feel like they could just kind of tank with Brandon Staley being on the hot seat. You're changing offenses. You know, you got Herbert's shoulder surgery. You got Keenan Allen could be cut. I don't exactly know where to go with the Chargers from here. Oh, Broncos country, we're eager for your thoughts on that too. Like, I think from an objective standpoint, you can look at it and you say, you, you know, you have to have massive respect, uh, you know, for the Chargers. I mean, Denver, I can't believe, like, just sitting there in that week 18 game, I was just puzzled that all of a sudden Brandon Staley still has the starters out. Like, they have the fifth seed locked up. You know, they already have their playoff spot. They can't move up. They can't move down. They were going to go on the road anyways to play Jacksonville, and they kept their starters in. Mike Williams got hurt in that. I, I think for a guy like Brandon Staley, you know, they were massive calls for him to be fired by the Chargers fan base after that Jaguars game. But then, you know, ownership in the front office came together and look, Joe Lombardi, I think was a massive scapegoat in a sense for everything that had happened. Now, granted, look, here's the deal. The defense for the Chargers did a pretty good job but in the second half. They gave up all those points and that's on Brandon Staley, who is the defensive play caller for them. Kellen Moore, I think is like the okay, hey, we, we let you make a change at play caller. If things don't change, you know, we might be going in a different direction type of conversation. Obviously, if you're a Chargers fan listening, you can check out the Locked On Chargers podcast every single day as well. If you're a Raiders fan that's somehow listening, check out Locked On Raiders with your boy Q. Let's go to the Chiefs again here, right? We, we talked about it in the previous segment how the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl can serve as the ultimate motivation for the Denver Broncos. It also serves as motivation for everybody else inside the AFC West. Last year, we had the conversation, AFC West will be the best division in football. How come every time we say that or that on paper, you look at it and it sets up to be the best, it ends up being one of the worst. And that was the case for the AFC West last year. I want there to be a year where it's the best division in football, where every team is in a conversation to make the playoffs, which we had originally predicted. I don't know if it's going to be that way going forward, but the Chiefs, you know, you win a Super Bowl. And I felt like the only, there was like a... A positive that could have been said, if you know, maybe if the Chiefs win, maybe Andy Reid retires, and that's good news for the Broncos, right? But it seems like he's going to be staying around with some of the comments he said in the post game show there after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They're going to reload yet once again. They're going to restructure players' contracts. They're going to kick the can down the road. They're going to look to find a, you know bring guys in. This is a tough state here. And look, Kansas City, once again, is still going to be a very good challenge. Like, they're very good right now. they got a lot of promising rookies, and they have a chance to add even more. Yeah, that's the scary thing, Cody, is that they, they're already in the green on the salary cap, which, like, we know for them. I think last year they were, like, barely a million, if even a million, under the salary cap. And they still made all these different moves that you're like— how, how are the Chiefs, where are they getting these funds? Like, how are they manipulating the cap? But it's so easy to do that. Broncos country, you got to understand as we talk about, you know, the Josh Jacobs and the offensive line and this, that, and the other, just know that it's very possible to do all of these things. NFL teams do it all the time who have a lot of cash on hand. So that's the reality for the Kansas City Chiefs. A great draft class, like you mentioned, Cody, once again, literally from the top to the bottom, uh, the 
the corner out of Washington State picking off a pass against the Bengals. I can't remember his McDuffie. name off the top of my head, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they they just they continually find ways to get better. Like when they made the Tyreek Hill trade, I think we all thought, okay, there it is. That's the one guy that makes the Chiefs offense so different from the rest in the NFL. He has that element of game speed and play speed that you cannot replace. Patrick Mahomes is a guy that you can't replace, Cody. I think we've realized that now and all throughout his time there, right? He is the game changer, maybe trying to convince ourselves like, well, it's got to be something else, right? There's got to be something else that makes Mahomes tick. As long as he's there, they're going to be an elite team. And like we've been talking about, the Broncos and all these other teams got to find a way to get past them. It's not going to be, they're not going anywhere. I think they're going to continually be good, barring injury, which they also don't have very many of ever. Barring injury, they're going to be at the top of the AFC and they're going to be there. So you've got to find a way to get past them. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're the, they're the challenge. They're the standard right now, and the Broncos have to find a way to get up there and knock them off the throne, and that's the exciting challenge about football. Draymond Jones putting out tweets, Damani Leach putting out tweets saying, you know, Draymond's was, I hate the Chiefs. I hate the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and Damani was like, we do, me too, me too. I, I love that mentality, you know, so much for the whole Nathaniel Hackett. I, I have so much respect for them. Have respect, but don't be scared of them, and I like that. Some, some of the Broncos are embracing that, you know, we'll see if things can change here in 2023 but Broncos country coming up oh geez I'm gonna restart that but Broncos country former Denver Bronco Emmanuel Sanders sat down with me at Radio Row and shared his thoughts on Sean Payton including a story about where Sean Payton relates really well to the players and does a lot of things for the players what does that entail you'll get that on today's episode of the show but this episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends at Bill Bar as you know it the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today Each bar contains 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. We've always raved about how you could get a box of Built Bar at Built.com, which you can still do that. But what if I were to tell you, you could go to your local Walmart or your local Sam's Club, and you could pick up a box directly in the store. Flavors like brownie batter with peanut butter brownie with coconut almond. You have the option to now go and pick up a box at Walmart. If you go to Walmart, you can go to the pharmacy section. You get a four-pack there. If you go to Sam's Club, you could get a bulk box of 13 Built Bars today. So make sure you check it out. Tastes 100% like a candy bar. The bars are covered in 100% milk chocolate. So go grab one and thank Lockdown Broncos later. Former Denver Bronco Emmanuel Sanders sat down with me at Radio Row this past week in Phoenix, Arizona to talk about Super Bowl 50, but more so highlight the newest Broncos head coach. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We have a show for you because guess what? For the true fan, there is never an offseason. There's always something to talk about. There's always an option to be analyzed. You get that here every single day all year long. Sarah, you had a chance to listen to the Emmanuel Sanders interview that I was able to do at Radio Row with him. A lot of great stories, a lot of great insight from him. But I think that it also dispelled some of the narratives that, you know, Sean Payton is going to come in and, you know, it's going to be my way or the highway. Sean Payton doesn't seem like he operates that way. And as he has said, he's a, you know, he's old school with a blend of new school in him. And players that I've talked to that have played for Sean Payton previously, including Emmanuel Sanders, they seem to confirm that. 
Right. And, and you talk about what is a player's coach? Like when people say that a lot. What does that actually mean? I think one of the best examples of the difference between what you think a player's coach might be and what a player's coach really is, is Nathaniel Hackett kind of versus Sean Payton here, right? Nathaniel Hackett, very much so a, Hey, I want to get to know your family. I want to be, want to be your friend type of person, which is a great quality of his that I think endears him to a lot of players, including stranger guys like Aaron Rodgers. But with somebody like Sean Payton, Cody, what we're talking about as a player's coach is, and I love this nugget that that you threw in, that Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders needed eight catches to get to $500,000 in incentives. So week 16 uh, of a season, he goes out and he gets him these eight catches. And it's like that to me is a player's coach. It's like, hey, the coach knows what you need to get to an incentive. Like he wants to help you get your money. And of course, we know the bottom line is all about winning in the NFL. Of course, we know that. And it's not to, to say, we're, well, we're sacrificing the game so Emmanuel can get his 500K. But it's like, no, like let's win and let's also make sure these players eat and, and they get what's coming to them. Like that's a player's coach right there that knows, okay, you came here to catch passes. You came here to be productive and you sign this contract with an incentive in it. We're not going to try to, you know how a lot of teams, people don't realize this, Cody, a lot of teams will like bench players with incentives coming up, not Sean Payton. He's out there getting these guys, the incentive. So I, I love that. That to me is what a player's coach really is. You know, what's crazy about that story is not like Emmanuel's like, Hey coach, I need eight catches. Emmanuel Sanders going through his weekly preparation as a member of the New Orleans Saints. And Sean Payton comes up to him and says, Hey, I know you need these eight catches to get this money. I'm going to go get that for you. And he did that. And the really cool thing is, is after, you know, he got those eight catches and Emmanuel had that 500 K bonus incentive triggered because of that. You know, being in his contract, Sean Payton signed the game script that got him the eight catches to to get that money. <laughs> that right there is huge, and I also think it's worth noting. You know what, what Emmanuel Sanders said. He said it, it's Sean Payton. It's fun, and what he meant by that too. He said, you know, there's that thirty thousand dollars speaker system. He calls it Club Dub, which I'm excited. I hope the Broncos take many trips to Club Dub this upcoming season. But Club Dub is essentially there's lights that and there's loudspeakers, thirty thousand dollars worth of equipment that Sean Payton alluded to in his introductory press conference that if you win it, I mean the sound speakers on that it, it's so intricate to the point it gets as loud as it can you can hear it on the other side of the stadium in the opposing locker room that's what he wants to create that standard he wants it to be where opposing teams who've just lost to the Broncos think what are they doing in there like what's going on over there in Denver he wants that there and we all heard Sean Payton say it. It's, it's all about the details. Emmanuel Sanders confirmed that he says he pays attention to the details. He's going to be relatable to the players. I also think of Mike Tom when I think of a player's coach. I think Sean Payton's pretty close to that. I do too. I love that. I love the club dub thing because it kind of reminds me, you know, I'm an Iowa Hawkeyes guy. Well, at the Iowa Hawkeyes at Kinnick Stadium, the visiting locker room is painted completely pink. And it's all just to like, uh, you know, to play those mental games with you, right? It, and it's kind of just a funny thing but it's like you want teams to come to Denver not wanting in their mind before the game even begins. You you want them to not want to hear the club dub at the end of the game. Like you want them to be thinking, I better not hear club dub at the end. Like you want them to be dreading the fact that they can hear the bumping coming from the home team's locker room because that's a mental hurdle that they have to get over. That's just one of those finer details I 
think Sean Payton really brings to the table. And that's what Emmanuel Sanders is talking about, right? He pays attention to the details. He's going to be relatable to the players. Those are things that have been missing, I think, from the Broncos in terms of since Gary Kubiak was there, right? He understood how to be a head coach. He'd done it for a very long time in Houston. And he brought that to the table for that team just to, to – Find all those finer details, right? And say, okay, here's a detail that needs to be fixed. Here's a detail that needs to, to change. And they did that and they came together and they won a lot of games together. They won a lot of close games together. And those details are what help you win close games. Remember, we talk about the Chiefs getting lucky at the end of games, yada, yada, we get it. But the Broncos were lucky a lot of times in that 2015 season. But you, you get lucky when you get good at the details, right? You you get lucky when you have the ball, you know, bounce your way throughout the course of the rest of the game. Like for 50 minutes of the game, you're focusing on the details. You're doing the details right. And then in the last 10 minutes, something good happens in your favor because you've been focusing on the details. It's kind of like the compound effect. You know, I don't know if anybody's read that book or whatnot, but it's like little things that you do every single day, little changes that you make, they stack up over time to eventually become massive. So that's the, that's what I'm excited about, especially as we sit here in the wake of the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. You can feel a club dub all the way here in Omaha, Cody, three hours away from Kansas City with tons of Chiefs kingdom here where I'm at. You can feel club dub in Broncos country, and you want to feel it from the other side. You want them to hear it. So I love that from Sean Payton, and I hope he brings that to Denver, like you said. What is the saying? Luck is where preparation meets opportunity, right? And you, it's universal flow, right? It's like the Rosberg, Rosberg Garden, planting the seeds. We'll see if the Broncos Garden grows this upcoming season here with Sean Payton now under the helm as the head coach. One thing is for certain Broncos country, every single day, every step of the way, you'll have a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos on your favorite audio podcasting platforms or whether you watch on YouTube. If you love today's episode of the show, make sure you hit that follow or that subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the absolute world to Sarah and I if you would go and leave us a review. If you love Lockdown Broncos, leave us a five-star review. Tell us why you tune in every single day, every step of the way. With that said, Broncos country, Sarah and I will be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.